to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is Logan Stump. How are you today, Logan? Jordan, out of three um, podcasts that you, I know you have, you just, you failed at all three of them and I, and you really oh, don't, I, I think if they ask me to step in and do the podcast, I think I would be very successful in doing so, but you have, mm. you have failed many of t- attempts of being the GM. I mean, the, the podcast producer uh, for the three podcasts. So I would I disagree. I, I would disagree with that, but <laughs> my references into uh, Eric Wynalda and Alexi Lawless blowing um, throwing some punches, some blows, Jordan, were thrown on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a reason when Alda doesn't have a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tweeted, uh, why Alda needs help? Somebody get him help. And he tweeted just now, like, help with what? I was like, a lot. <laughs> like, how to close a Twitter account, how to, how to do a lot of things. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, look, if you want to take over and get your shot, Logan, at right. doing these podcasts, be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we are talking today is uh, mostly going to focus on some of the Apple TV news that we got. We also had um, a big transfer that's that's going through as well. And uh, a big trade that is trying to get pushed through by um, a player at Montreal. And we also have uh, a new playoff format, most uh, most likely here. So uh, a lot to a lot to kind of go on here. Uh, but I guess before we get into that, Logan, just how everything's going. What's your general vibe here as we get closer to uh, closer to the beginning of the season, which seems kind of uh, unbelievable at this point? I was going to say, what this is the calm before the storm, right? I mean, this is what this is one of the last podcasts that we're doing without actually getting into the good old 
team previews, I think. I think we got one more in between, maybe. Hashtag, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I mean, it, it's ramping up. I feel like teams are in training camp. They've all begun their treks to different warm places that they were trying to get to. Um, I know that Minnesota's down here in Florida. I think the Union are down here in Florida and Orlando. There's a bunch of teams coming in. What, what happened? Can you, hear Can you hear my vacuum? Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, that was wild, wasn't it? Um, it was yeah. like a spaceship. No, it's a it's the vacuum. I got a that or a blender or something. Right? No, it's a it's a Roomba that actually uh, cleans itself. It like empties itself. So um, it's fancy. But no, uh, yeah, a lot of teams down here in Florida, Jordan. There's uh, training camps going on everywhere. A lot of player movement. A lot of finalizing of rosters coming up here soon. As far as like getting transfers in, um, not the actual date for the deadline, but. Tons of stuff going on in MLS. I mean, it feels like the Apple deal is just creeping up on us. I think February 1st is when they said that it would be um, dropped and ready to go. So I'm kind of excited about that. But how, how are you doing, Jordan? It's vibe all right over there. Um, I know you're at AFC Richmond, um, a little bit cooler over there. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm in this press conference right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but speaking of AFC Richmond, so next week, next Wednesday, we will be dropping our episode one recap of season one of Ted Lasso. So if you didn't catch that when we plugged it at the end of our shows, <laughs> the last few episodes, plugging it at the beginning this time. But uh, each Wednesday, you will have a brand new episode of a old episode of Ted Lasso until we build up to season three. Uh, and it's designed to be able to be listened to it without spoilers. So if you're just now jumping on the Ted Lasso train, you can do so with us each week, starting next Wednesday, the 25th. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, they gave us some of these announcers and color commentators for the Apple deal. Uh, we also now know what some of the teams are supposed to provide for content. And uh, we've got a maybe new playoff format that is uh, a little better than the group stage one that was rumored. So we're going to dive all into that. Where do we want to start here? We want to start with the Apple stuff or the transfer stuff? So with the let's go with the Apple stuff because it was just so big. All right. Uh, so on the Apple stuff here, the uh, MLS has announced. On Tuesday, I think it's always Tuesday. I feel like it's every Tuesday news drops. But uh, Apple and Major League Soccer had announced their team of announcers, which is not all of them, because they're expecting to have 14 English teams, 14 Spanish teams, I think one French team or two French teams. Uh, this list does not comprise of all of them, because if you count them all, it's not enough for 14. So. There you go. Here's your analysts. So these should be the color commentator. Some of them will be studio analysts. But we have Kendra D. St. Uh, Albin, if I said that right. Um, Albin. Uh, but she has been, the for the last five years, the television analyst for Minnesota United FC. I think a lot of people are big fans of her. So to see her make the jump is really great. Maurice Adu. Uh, is going to be joining as well. He's been, what, on Fox? He's been on CBS. And he also has called Atlanta United matches on their channel. And he's a former Philadelphia Union 
players. So he's been around. Uh, Lori Lindsay, who's played 14 professional seasons, uh, has been a previous sideline reporter for Nashville. She's making the jump to analyst, uh, where she's been analyst for ESPN and CBS Sports before. But in MLS, she's only been like a, I guess, a sideline um, reporter, which Apple is not doing. MLS and Apple are not doing sideline reporters. So she will be doing a full-on analyst gig. Danielle Slayton, uh, who won, you know, silver medal at the 2000 Olympics, bronze at the 2003 uh, World Cup for the women. And she's been doing Fox Sports broadcasts. on uh, in 2008, she did an all female broadcast covering um, DC Night versus New England Revolution. But you know, she's uh, she's been around as well in the media. The big one, Taylor Twelman, we all kind of thought this when he announced he was leaving ESPN because where else is he going to go? The, the options were Fox, which really doesn't have any big things right now for soccer, and then you have. Uh, the off chance it would have been to Turner and HBO for the U.S. Um, for the U.S. games, but they're just so few and far between. It just made more sense that this would be Twelman's landing spot here. Marcelo Balboa, former U.S. national team defender, member of the National Soccer Hall of Fame, and he was the first American player to break the 100 cap barrier in 1990. Five. He's been doing a lot of stuff uh, MLS-wise for Univision, and he is joining as a Spanish-language analyst. I think one thing that's good about this is he can flip-flop if they need him to, uh, which I think was one of their stipulations they were hoping for, is to get a lot of people that are uh, like Duolingo, or Duolingo, I guess, right? (laughs) Um, Where they're able to... uh, if they need them to fill in for Spanish, that's great. Or if they're part, if they're always Spanish and then they need them to jump into English stuff, they can do that. I think that's uh, one of the things we'll be able to see here. Here's a great one. Sebastian Latou, Philadelphia Union legend, currently the only name in their ring of honor, is Sebastian Latou, 11-year MLS career, six of those with Philadelphia, and he was the first ever All-Star for the Union in 2010. He's been working... Uh, doing English broadcast for the Philadelphia Union. This has him as a French language analyst because he is French. But again, I think this is one of those things where they can kind of use them in multiple different avenues here. But uh, maybe he might mostly be on the French. Shasha Kleshton, who just retired, immediately makes the jump to a... uh, to the MLS season pass. He was doing Fox Sports coverage for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Newly retired player Bradley Wright Phillips, who began his playing career Logan with Manchester City, and spent nine seasons in MLS from 2013 to 2021. He had won two Golden Boots. This is all from MLSsoccer.com, by the way. I'm not just riffing here, <laughs> but uh, this will be his debut as a studio analyst, and he's going to be on the Whip Around Show. Is how specific they were on that. Diego Valeri. Uh, who is, I guess, newly retired as well, right? Uh, from the Portland Timbers. He will make his on-air debut as a Spanish-language studio analyst. Now we go to hosts. Liam McHugh, who has been doing um, 
Sunday night football coverage at times on NBC and Notre Dame uh, football. And he's now, I think, been on the Turner. Yeah, current Turner Sports NHL coverage, where he also used to do that for NBC. Uh, and he used to play soccer, but he's going to be the co-host of the weekly whip around show. So now we know Liam McHugh is going to be doing whip around coverage. Jillian Sakovitz um, is joining as a pregame studio host. Remember, there's going to be a pregame show that is going to cover all of the games before that takes off. She's done Atlanta United pregame and postgame for Fox Sports South. And she's also been a sideline reporter for ESPN. We now also have Tony Churchy, uh, who has uh, covered uh, soccer ex- extensively for ESPN, Univision, and Tubi, and multiple World Cups will serve as a Spanish-language studio host and analyst. Play-by-play. And again, remember how I said there's going to be 14 teams, supposedly. We have five play-by-play announcers here, so you know, they can't cover them all. Max Bretos joining. Uh, he used to be at Fox Sports. He used to be at ESPN. He was now recently the LAFC play-by-play voice for the last, wow, five years. I thought that was a lot shorter than that. But Max Bredo's coming over. Steve Cangelosi, if you listen to ESPN Plus and watched them do uh, New York Red Bull games, you've probably heard Steve Cangelosi a lot. He did a lot of Red Bull games. He's also done stuff for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, He's done Olympic games for NBC and even calling some national MLS games on ESPN, Fox Sports, and SiriusXM. Uh, Jake Zivin, uh, who has spent the last seven years as the voice of the Timbers and has actually won three Emmy Awards, will be coming over to do uh, be a voice of MLS on Apple. Pablo Ramirez, a former goalkeeper and a native of Jalisco, Mexico, and is actually one of the most popular Spanish television announcers and has led Univision's coverage for 22 years, is going to be an Apple announcer as well. And Frederick Lord, who will be the lead play-by-play voice for French broadcasts, and he's handled Montreal games since Montreal has joined MLS. So what we've also heard from reports is that Brian Dunseth is will, will be signing on, um, that that deal just wasn't wrapped yet. And there was rumors that JP Delacamera and uh, somebody else are like... Dave Johnson told, was rumored. Dave Johnson, for... yes. We're Shep told, Messing. Shep Messing, <clears throat> yep. We're told that they won't be part of the main thrust of the initial coverage, but could be featured in some capacity down the road. So those names could be joining. Just uh, a whole bunch of backgrounds. Uh, what is your thoughts, Logan, on... Uh... Sorry, you glitched out. Um, no, I I really do like this crew. I, I like um, Sasha Question and Bradley Wright Phillips played with Red Bull. Their connection was strong. Um, they've had a really good relationship on and off the pitch. Uh, I think they're really good friends, so that should be fun to kind of see them in studio working together. I think they're part of the Whip Around show, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Diego Valeri, I'm excited about. I know he'll be on the Spanish broadcast, so that'll be interesting to kind of see what his takes are as he's exited the league now. I love Marisa Du. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Lori Lindsay Jordan, did you say she was the one that was with uh, Minnesota, right? No. No. Was that? Who was that? Was that? Uh, um, 
I forget what uh, who that was. Kin- okay, yeah. So I, I listened to their broadcast. They're fantastic, and I knew that she was on there. Um, I knew there was a female voice, and she was great. Like she was one of my favorite broadcasters to listen to when I would catch some of the Loons games. Um, I did catch a couple of those more often um, last year, more so than um, this past or the year before than this last year. Um, but she was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a great group. The the big get, obviously, the headliner is Taylor Twelman. I think a lot of people obviously saw the writing on the wall when he announced his departure from ESPN. ESPN lost their rights to U.S. soccer, MLS. Like they just don't have any kind of uh, U.S. based soccer events. So Taylor just didn't have much of a spot there. He was doing like guest appearances on like Get Up and like other random shows that. He just ended up being, uh, they wanted him, I think, to be more like Skip Bayless and kind of have those hot takes, maybe like Max Kellerman. But Taylor I think they is wanted much him more to do, he, he wanted to do, they wanted him to be like a sports center host at times too. Like there was times where he would do. Like a Van Pelt. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, he could have done that. I think they even said, I think he even said that he could have stayed there and done more of that kind of stuff. But. Uh, he just wanted to focus on continue doing soccer stuff and specifically MLS stuff, which thing is at least here, he won't have to claw and fight to get any sort of MLS coverage on their network. You know, it's already done. So, yeah, I mean, this is hundred percent. They give him any uh, job here um, that he wants. Like, I think if he wanted to go elsewhere, you know, like travel and stuff. They'd be like, all right, sure, yeah, we'll send you. Yeah, I, I think, I think Apple is at his uh, beck and call. Like, I, like I do feel like Taylor is the one that's going to be speaking up as as uh, part of this group of of really talented, um, I guess, on air talents. I guess, but it it really is. It's an exciting list, Jordan. I think it's going to be uh, Jillian Sakovitz is fantastic. Uh, she's a great host, so I'm glad that they got her for the pregame stuff because I think she does a fantastic job. But I, I'm actually more excited about who this will uncover for people that don't know some of these people. You know what I mean? Like I, people that haven't been in uh, the the spotlight just because they've been tucked away in one of the local or regional broadcasts that I think some people just don't get to see. It does suck for those local broadcasters that are kind of stuck out there right now. But uh, it is kind of cool to put them all on a on a pedestal that we don't really get to see them often in. Yeah, because, you know, I... I, I... I understand, you know, that people are maybe going to miss their local announcers and stuff, but some of them are going to be on here and some of them are going to be covering different games and it's going to expose them to different, uh, different audiences because, um, you know, I think obviously what Apple is trying to do and what MLS is trying to do is they're trying to do this more like an NFL broadcast, right? You're going to have rotating teams covering them where you sit down, you're like, oh, we get Twelman and uh, who would be like the number one play by Max Bredos, right? Like, oh, we get Twelman and Bredos today. Like we're, we're, we must be like when you get Nance and Romo, you know, like <laughs> that's how they're kind of going about it. I think uh, instead of like when I turn on my Orioles or, you know, your local basketball team or your local hockey team and you get your local crew um, that are really familiar with your team, all of these people are going to have to be familiar with the teams because they're going to be covering the whole league and they're going to be doing games every single week for them. So it'll be interesting. Uh, See how it goes. 
Their event was pretty fun. Uh, they had an event uh, over the last week or so over in California where they were at the Apple Studios, like out in California. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny part, Jordan, was that they kept taking pictures and all of them are wearing their kits that are new. So there's like people like zooming in underneath the jackets of all these players yeah. that were supposed to have it on. But you can tell like a lot of the kits got kind of leaked and spoiled. So now ones that were kind of on the borderline, they're all popping up on footy headlines. Um, which I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, within the next week or so, we'll know a lot of them anyway, just because I think Apple will have some kind of big reveal maybe of, of some of this content. And it was kind of hard to keep them with their jackets on. But um, yeah, it was interesting just because you could tell a lot of clubs are like, what? No, I don't know what you're talking about. But they're like, yeah, it's 100% your kit. <laughs> yeah, it's. Look. If I could run it differently, I would run it differently. You know, this whole how long they take to release their kits is one of the worst parts about it. They like to do it on like this whole week or one day type of thing. And this should be what you're using to hype us up before the season starts. We're only a, we're only a month. And Logan, where some of this stuff might leak is we are two days away from the first preseason game. When Minnesota kicks off against NYCFC at 11 a.m. And here's another complaint. A lot of these games for preseason are behind closed. Don't have Apple ready to go yet. Next year, put some of these on Apple. We, We shouldn't have to like not be able to see our teams do preseason. That's how we get to see the young guys. That's how we get to see the new signings. This is how we get to see everything. Um, I mean, look, uh, you know, I understand M- MLB spring training doesn't play every single game, but there's so many of those compared to what we have five preseason games for most of these teams. Yeah. Six, maybe. Tons and they of all, yeah. they all start some of them. Here's where it also is very inconsistent too. You have New York starting the 18th and they'll play three games in January. And then some teams like new England don't start until February for preseason so i don't know i I think preseason's always been a mess i remember when i used to be able to watch games wherever whenever for free on preseason then they started restricting it to just the local broadcast area and now that we have apple coming in i'm hoping maybe not this year because it's not ready to launch but next year we can actually watch some of these preseason games it shouldn't be that difficult or at least put them for free on the site then i don't know frustrating put two cameras up and just (laughs) shoot right i I think too that people are always like well the trial is they can't put preseason on because the trial is i'm like the mlb and nba do the exact same thing they have people on their roster that are trying out for the team that don't make the team why does it matter who they have on trial they 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 should have the rule where if it's like they're on trial they stay with them through the preseason if that doesn't go well then they're cut and bye bye see you later like just like the nba would just like the nfl have their roster cut at a certain number, you know, it's so much easier to do that than try to like play this game of, do we play like three games here in January? And then we don't play again until like the end of the month. Some teams are playing with exhibitions where they'll have fans. Like it's so confusing. The the preseason, the off season just doesn't make sense with me. There's no transparency. And again, you and I beat this drum constantly. The biggest thing that this league still struggles with even though it is starting to get bigger and bigger, it's going to get larger and larger with this deal. It's just the fact that they lack transparency. There's no clear communication to their fans. And here we are, this Apple deal that was supposed to be this huge thing. 
I, I think they even cut it close with how close they announced this stuff to the fans, just because now it's kind of this rush of like, all right, here we go. It seems like it's going to be thrown together pretty quickly. And all the people on Twitter that are coming after us on our Twitter that are like, oh, this, this sucks. This thing is awful. Give it a chance. Like there's no blackouts. That's probably the first sport you've ever watched in your time watching sports, where there's no blackout restrictions. Do you know who's trying to do that now? Who's that? Baseball. I just read a I just read a thing where they're trying to get together a package that will allow for no blackouts. Good. Yeah. I hate blackouts. So, NFL yeah. sucks. Like NFL is the worst. I have to Google it or like live stream it off some sketchy dude in his basement, like somehow intercepting the feed well, between dishes. The thing is about NFL it's not so even dumb. blackouts for the it's NFL. Regional broadcasts. Yeah. It's just regional broadcasts, which is another like Lately, I missed extra. I missed overtime of a game that had implications because Fox wasn't showing my area and Red Zone, due to some sort of guidelines, could not show. So it's it's frustrating like that. We don't have that now for this. We can pay, and we can watch all of this stuff uh, without having to worry about any of that. Any of that, and. Uh, hopefully they get the radio set up at a good time too, you know, where they were saying you could um, listen with other things with this Apple deal here is uh, this up on the 10th as well, which was again, last Tuesday, he got his hands on a document MLS distributed to its clubs last month in it. The league lays out expectations of what, uh, what each of its clubs needs to provide in terms of video content. Now, this is not going to overwhelm you. This is surprise you. The teams think it is a lot, but really, it's not going to be a lot. And I'm hoping it's just year one. Number two, we have some sort of hard knocks show. We, we need something like that or, you know, some sort of all access um, thing. But he, here's what they need. So within a season pass, each club will have their own vertical, what means channel. In this doc, they are being called club rooms. And in each club room, um, so each team will have that. And a lot of it might get also on the club social or the website. So it's not exclusive stuff to the, um, not exclusive to the MLS season pass. All right, so the ritual is what one of the things is called, which is a fan-focused piece that lays out the club traditions and supporter culture. A series of two-minute-long profiles on a dozen of each club's players to run all year. Uh, a five-episode series on iconic players, coaches, etc. A minimum of five classic club moments pieces with which will look back at the club's history at least two minutes long so again some of this stuff is not going to be super long um they also need to have in-season content that is a weekly first team report that is at least three minutes long training updates news match previews etc and the clubs have to deliver post-game press conferences for regular season playoffs and league cups match a monthly content is a community report, which focuses on what each club is doing locally, and an academy report, 
There's also an MLS Next Pro focus video offering two times a month that's during the league season. Some of this stuff is really great because if you're like a diehard fan, you might already go on the website. You might already look at some of this stuff. Some of the clubs don't put this stuff out there. Some clubs are really good about this stuff. What's good about this is if uh, you, you have the season pass and you're watching, this makes our job easier, <laughs> you know, these clubs, club rooms, right? And they're doing player profiles. They're doing injury reports. They're doing press conferences, which we usually have to follow on Twitter or try to find some way to watch the actual clips on the club room. After the union win MLS cup, I can flip over to their club room, hopefully. Right. I guess if that'll work for MLS cup, but you know, and, and we can watch the press conference or, you know, after a huge the league's cup that NYCFC is devastated, we can turn it over and see what the coach says. We can, you know, without having to leave the app, because we pay for this app, we want to interact with the app instead of like watching on ESPN Plus and then, oh, the game's over and we get the ESPN screen that says this match has ended. And then you have to go to Twitter and be like, oh, I wonder what they're saying about the stuff here. We don't have to worry about any of that. That is all going to be on the app. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, this is this is what we wanted as fans. I think um, it's kind of like that behind the scenes, peel back the curtain. Let's see what's behind it. Literally, you could peel Jim out of the way so you can see um, what's going on. But no, this is exactly what we wanted, man. It, like this is it's become so popular. Wrexham and uh, Sunderland, Arsenal, and all you know this all or nothing kind of thing where you're you're looking inside the locker room. You're getting to see the atmosphere. You know, if MLS Jordan wanted to become really popular because the other leagues don't do this. If the if if they could somehow get and they could with the, I think the steel is somehow and maybe that's what they're trying to do is peel back the curtain even more so than some of these uh, and I know you're not going to be able to see everything but could you imagine and there's a lot of manpower in behind the the production teams that do Wrexham and Sunderland till I die and those all or nothing kind of things it, it's it, it would be a lot of manpower but Jordan wouldn't it be so cool if like they just produce on the simplest level some of that kind of content where you're just getting to see maybe inside the transfer room after the transfer deadline like the, this league would take off completely and i and i think that there's exciting opportunities coming forward that i think they can do this kind of stuff like you could do like a hard knocks you could do like a you know all or nothing kind of thing with apple instead of amazon producing it apple can produce it and i've seen the things that apple produces not to mention jordan the camera quality and everything that they're going to have because apple seems to have better camera quality and production of streaming and depth um, than some of these other networks do. They stream at a faster bit rate, yeah. which is what, you know, is what makes that, like that MLB games mm -hmm. were actually still in 1080, um, right. which isn't, it looked 4K, but it was 1080, and it was because they just had a better stream quality. Um, you know, some of these ESPN games on ESPN Plus are going at 720. Yes. They're brutal to watch. Like some of those FA Cup games are so brutal to watch just because it's so... Um, but yeah, this is where this is where Apple needs to separate itself if it wants to become and this league wants to become something more than uh, what it currently is. And I think that there's a good opportunity with that. I think the price is at a good entry level for now. Like, obviously, it's going to go up in price to buy the season pass. But again, 
Um, it is. It's accessible. I think this is exactly what we wanted instead of the YouTube channels. It's going to be highly produced, I think, content for Apple. And I think Apple, you know, Jordan, I think Apple has basically stepped in and said, we're going to hold this league accountable. Like some of these teams need to be held more accountable for some of the content that are, they're creating because they're just not building a good enough fan base. You know what I mean? I, I think there is a concern with some of these clubs. You look around at like, you know, stadiums like Houston right now, completely empty. Austin and Dallas, um, build and have a better fan base right now just because the team's not very good. But again, I think Dallas too struggles uh, at times with attendance. Um, I know uh, Orlando city struggles with attendance. Miami can struggle at times. It's just, it, there's so many things that they can do to get fans in the seats. And I think that's part of this whole deal is to just try to bring in more in money and, and obviously convince, you know, some of these big time, um, I guess, uh, marketers and, and different like companies to partner with them and the bigger the partnerships the better that this product's going to be in the end yeah and and i hope that the league and apple just get on the team's ass about this right like the academy stuff sounds great that stuff sounds great but what i is when you say about that like oh transfer deadline day doing this stuff or you know this guy I feel like the issue is with this league being not very transparent. Oh, we don't, we, we can't show them this kind of stuff. Like if they do a hard knock show, I want them swearing at each other. I want the ugly stuff. I don't want, we're all best friends because very rarely is that what that is. Never right? the case like, <laughs> ever, even in good locker rooms. Yeah. So we don't, we don't want it sanitized either. We want to be able to get to know these players. I mean, some people were tweeting out stuff, Logan, that was mind blowing because some of them were saying, Oh, I approach this player to talk about like a young player. I forget who it was. I, I probably can't even find the tweet right now, but they're like, I approach this player and they're like 16, 17 years old about like what it's like to be a pro that young and do this whole thing. The parents said, okay. The player said he was down. The team blocked it. The team blocked it. Then there was something about like cool socks that this one player wear, and they wanted to do a whole feature on the socks the player wear, and the team blocked it. What are we doing? Right? This is what we need the Taylor Twelman gif. Like stuff is not like bad stuff. Why are we blocking access to players if the player's down, if the parents are down, if the journalist wants to do it, and then they have to then do a whole story on these BS quotes we get after each game of well, we just didn't have it today, but next week's another game. We're looking on to next week, and you know we hear that stuff every time. Give us the interest stories. That's what's going to make this league grow. If we can, uh, you know, I, I went to meet, I went to meet uh, some Oriole players this year that were signing at my local mall, and I found out one of them likes Pokemon, which I'm a huge fan of. You know how much more that made me feel closer to the player, right? Or when I hear them making their Lego Star Wars Death Stars, MLS probably wouldn't let that story run, but they tweeted about it, and then they did this whole special feature on the Orioles players that like building Lego Lego Star Wars stuff. That makes me feel more attached to a player. But if So if you deny the story about what it's like to be a kid going from school to being a professional or from these cool socks the players wearing and what that meant to them. And like, Hey, maybe that person can relate to it. Then that's, what's limiting 
your storytelling, and they're all talking about let's add more playoff games to get ends. The storylines are there also that are not just competitive storylines. So I hope if they do anything like that, that we get the raw stuff, that we get good stories, not just sanitized stuff. Uh, I mean, really, so many of these owners, so many of these Don Garber come from the NFL who can put out a product like Hard Knocks and know that people want to see that stuff and then also be like, but we're not going to do that. I don't understand. Adding playoff games, Logan. There is a new playoff. Said, you know what? Group stage not ideal. Group stage not ideal. And I said, thank God. Right? Could you imagine all the work we just did for that World Cup, and then to do a whole season of that, and then pretty much go into another World Cup coverage? Oh my God, that'd be awful. Okay, so. What they want to do is for the first round, include a best of three series in the first round. Uh, so think MLB wildcard round at this point. If adopted, it's probable that only the first round would be contested as a best of three. The sources who were not authorized to speak publicly said that the rest of the playoff tournament would likely be single limb. Uh, the proposal would be divided by conference and would include 16 teams, eight from each conference. They did not know the exact details of the potential best of three, but they did note that MLS used this format in the opening two rounds of the playoffs during its early years. In those series, the first team to get to five points advanced with extra time added to the third game in the event that the game's the teams finished regulation tied on three or four points. So that's the tough thing, right? What, what does it take to move on in these best of three? I don't know if I want to do best of, I don't know if I want to do five points, right? Because what that's one win. So let's say team a, let, okay, let's break it down like this. Philadelphia Union going up against the, the Revs, okay? Game one, Union win 1-0. All right, they got their three points, which means they just need two draws. Those next games, play for draws. Or they get lucky and they play for another win, which gets them six points and they're moved on already. But if you have a team that's like really pragmatic and playing defensively, they might say, we're going to go out there and we're going to play defensively in game two and try to steal a win and move on, or go nil and get another point in game three. Because then, if they do that, they would have four points. And if the other team wins game three, they would have four points. And then you have to do a shootout anyway. That's probably the way they're going to go. I don't know if I would do that. I I would probably do act like each game needs an absolute winner and you need to win two games. So let, in my scenario, you go out there game one, you need a win. So you play 90 minutes. If there's no winner game two. You, so now team one is up by one win. They need, they need one more win. Then game two, the other teams 
in regulation. So now you're at a tied series one split going into a must win third game. I think that has a lot more stakes than seeing teams play for draws. I think at that point, if you need to win two and that there's going to be a guaranteed winner, it could have more high stakes for a playoff game. Might make it more interesting and not see teams just sit back. But what are your thoughts, Logan, on how you would you expect? I, I hope that they don't do the five points only because you have your situation where if you win the first game, then you're just kind of, it would just, I don't know. I think it causes issues. I think it would just be like a kind of like the NBA MLB, like win two games and then, and you're through Um, extra time, you know, or shootouts. I don't know how you would determine it. Like, I guess it would probably be shootout like penalties. Um, if you went into extra time, just because I would limit extra time because you have to play three games. Right. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) It's awful. You know what I think of it overall? I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. Just go back to single elimination. This is so dumb. Um, I hate this. It's, it doesn't make sense. Jordan, I don't want to watch seed one versus seed eight three matches and then the rest of them be single and I'd much rather watch like a, a three game best series of like maybe the Eastern conference finals, not this, not, you know, the Philadelphia union playing in uh, or playing against a, I don't know, uh, name a team, throwing a team there in the eighth spot, like uh, Orlando, I don't know, like a, a crappy team or whatever it might be. Miami. There you go. Eighth, eighth seed Miami going up against a union team, for three games like uh, and then the other thing too is what they have to think about it's going to have to go saturday probably saturday sunday wednesday thursday saturday sunday like it's going to take forever to do all these games um and then what happens if you have weather issues or you have you know i don't know yeah because you can't play back-to-back games like you do in baseball that's why that that three game wild card set goes so quick in baseball because a lot of times they go to two games because you just need two wins. But they can play every day. Uh, soccer can't. They can play, what, maybe every three days? I would say three or four. So you're taking a whole week for this first round. If you play Saturday, if you play Wednesday, and you play Saturday again, you're taking a whole week for that. Um, And then you're severely tiring out. I would assume the first team game... And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do this. Or the first two get a buy. And then what teams three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all play in a best of three. Yeah. And then they'll be severely tired. So not only do you give teams one and two a buy, if that's what you're going to do, but then the other teams played three games in the span of a week. So not only is team one and two severely rested teams, three through eight are severely not rested going into a single elimination game. I just don't see how we don't get constant top seeds through in that spot. Unless if then you do no buys and you have one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five in all best of three. But then what's the perks of getting first or second? I don't know. It seems very weird. 
seems very weird. If you're going to add, make it ten teams in each conference, which is which is ridiculous, by the way. At that point, you should almost have everybody qualify. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> Go to the group stages. But I think the only way I would want that to work is that you have to win two games. Don't go extra time. Because if you have to get five points, that means most is you are going to be playing all three games. Uh, maybe. Because what I would think is teams are going to sit back and be more pragmatic once they have the first win. If they both end in a draw, if they both end in a draw for game one, then, oh my God, then I don't know. I don't know how it does. We have a comment here. Uh, should be a single elimination tournament, but if it ends in a tie, the higher seed advances. Thoughts? I like giving the higher seed stuff just for being the higher seed. Um, in any sport, when we talk about, uh, like pe- people have talked about that for baseball, have them pick their opponent, uh, stuff like that, where it's like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And, and if it ends in a tie and the higher seed advances, that benefits the higher seed to just play for a draw. So I don't like that. I, um, because th- the, the downside for the higher seed is playing at all, then they'll be like, I'll just sit back because if I don't sit, if I go out and try to attack and get a counter. I'm not moving on, but if I play for a draw, I'm definitely no, I'm moving on. That, that's where I would kind of think with um, that. I, I think single elimination with extra time and penalties is perfectly fine the way it is because that gives you 120 minutes to prove it, and if not, you have to go to penalties. I always think we should kind of model our knockout stages off of the world. Now, I don't mean take a group stage. That's why I said knockout stages. but you know. Meaning, meaning that we would, um, the World Cup is like the best part of soccer, right? So, in my in my case, if the penalties are good enough in so- in the World Cup to move on somebody or to win a World Cup, then it's good enough for MLS, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, more importance. Of- feel like we already have importance in the regular season as much as people don't want to assume we do but if the, if the union got one more point they would have hosted that game so in my in my opinion the regular we win or like one more draw to host that game um in my opinion the regular season means a lot people won't it, as you go further down the the closer you are to not making the playoffs and it does at the top where it could totally seed and, and see who hosts and all that kind of stuff. We don't always get them that close, you know, like it was, it's not always a super close thing like it was for LA and union, but that really showed me the importance last year. I would say in sports, there's just no perfect system. Um, people nope. always point to the NFL, like, yeah. right? With, with that Bills Chiefs game, wasn't it that right? That went like uh, for like the last minute last year, and then mm-hmm. the Chiefs just like took it down in overtime and didn't even have to give the Bills the ball. Yeah, and that changed a whole rule change. So yeah, there's no perfect 
system. Everybody, people were complaining about baseballs because the dog down, right? I mean, yeah, there's no perfect way to do it. There's stuff that you can kind of poke holes at, I think. Yeah. And I think too, uh, it's not pro, um, it's not promotion or relegation. So you can't play that game. Um, the season long table thing doesn't really work here in the United States just because it's just not something we've ever done in any sport. So I don't think you could convince any fan unless there was just a huge drive. And unless there was promotion relegation, that that league wide table would be something that people are interested in. People have always said like, well, then let's just combine the, the Eastern conference, Western conference, take the top 16 teams. That's interesting. I, I don't think it would work just because you, the travel days and weird things like that, you would have to play equal amounts, I would think. Um, and again, so like anything that you suggest, like the group stage thing, I think is brutal because it would just take so long and there would be no real purpose behind the regular season besides winning the supporter shield. But then they would all treat it like Champions League. They'd be like, well, it's not really that important. So there is no perfect system. I think, Jordan, what they were doing before is the unperfect, perfect system. I think the single game elimination Eight teams, as this as this league does get bigger, eight teams, east and west, give the first and second a bye, and then just play it out. And, and cap you, it at eight. Yeah. Cap it at eight. Yes. If you 100%. add, if you yeah. even get to forty teams, right. Cap keep it, it at, eight. at eight because yeah. it'd be some sort of me to making the playoffs, or else. Yeah. I mean, what is baseball at ten? Ten. NFL is yeah. now at seven each. Yeah. That's cl- yes. that's yeah. close to that's close to MLS now. Yeah, and the NFL thought about sixteen. I do know that. Yep. So yep. it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I leave it alone. It's fine where it is. Um, and the NBA just, is like half the league, right? Yeah, it's with the playing games now. It's ten per conference, which is ridiculous. So it's the, the two thirds of the league. It's that's twenty playoffs. out of thirty stupid. teams. Yeah, right? it's stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, it's the worst. But uh, again, I, I don't think there's any perfect. Wizards system. still can't make it. Right, neither can Pacers. Well, we make the play in game against you guys. You knock us out. <laughs> yeah, that was two uh, years ago. Still. I was going to say it feels like <laughs> it almost happened again last year. I think. Yeah. Um, but it it, it just. I think MLS does it correctly. I think that they've got a good system. I think it's fine. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Uh, and Jordan, we talked about this. Last year, MLS was not wild. MLS was pretty freaking normal, and all top seeds won their games. So it wasn't you know, it wasn't like it, there was a whole lot of upsets. It worked perfectly. The system worked how it was supposed to work last year, and it got the top two teams in the league, and we got one of the best games we've ever gotten in MLS history. So there you go. Ouch. Yeah, but yeah, we did. Uh, not, not like, you know, not the ending and result you wanted, yes, but yeah, it was not, the best game. Man. It was still so hurts. Glad he's retired. Okay. Um, what are we... Uh, okay, yeah. Interleague transfers. Interleague transfers. Uh, this is becoming a thing, maybe. They're hoping by uh, the summer. And I I think it was on Tenorio's and Stay School's show where they were laughing about it because... They said that because LA Galaxy can't <laughs> make any transfers from outside <laughs> this summer, yeah. that of course the interleague transfers would take effect in the yeah. summer. So. <laughs> Chris Klein got an extension, by the way. Imagine that. Um, Shocking. <laughs> currently, MLS teams are not allowed to buy and sell players for cash to and from other MLS teams. There are uh, there are some I. Uh, sources saying that they might be able to get something 
in the way. This was actually on the Athletics uh, uh, Anonymous 2022 survey of MS executives. The only unanimous answer, Logan, was we need an interleague transfer system. And yes, we do. How many times do we lose a player to, from MLS going yep. to a different league because of some BS that makes them not be able to keep them and only trade them for GAM, TAM? And what if Seattle wanted to buy one of those players, but they don't have enough TAM? Well, they can't trade for him then. So that player leaves. Uh, and they'll, they'll player sometimes be like, you know, I want us, but I wasn't allowed to, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that needs to be gone. You can then have seller teams inside MLS being able to flip players and kind of go. And the players, the teams that want to go all in can go all in. They can buy players from other teams and they can say, this is our year. We're going to put all the chips in. We're going to buy players from outside. We're going to buy players from inside. We're going to make a run that's out. A team that's out like Chicago just at the bottom of the table can be like, no, we'll sell this guy. We'll sell this guy right now to you. <laughs> you know? Um, For 22 and, million. <laughs> yeah, and they can get some money. They can get some money. And step forward, right? Um, I think that this league needs, instead of just always, how many times read a trade in MLS and we have no idea how good it is. We can't judge the trade, right? Oh, uh, we got Dom Dwyer for 1.5 million TAM. That's cool. That doesn't tell you anything the way that an actual transfer would, where you say, well, we paid this much for this player from Columbia, but we paid this much for a player from Atlanta, and that guy's been much better value. You know, kind of stuff like that where fans can kind of have those debates and have those fun arguments. We can have those debates on the show. Was it good business? Was it not? We can't tell when we're trading made-up international roster spots or discovery rights or TAM and GAM. So hopefully this comes to pass soon. It should give the it should give MLS teams to the ability to say, well, our market here in MLS says this about a player. So how much are you willing to play Europe? How much are you willing to pay South America for some of these guys? Which I do like. And like you said, Jordan, there's a lot of times where we lose good good talent and maybe young talent that uh, you know, like say that Dallas wants to go and sell you one of their young players again. And Union go, you know what? I think he would do much better here before, you know, heading off to Switzerland or wherever he's going to head and the union make a better offer. It keeps, it keeps him stateside. It keeps him in the league. It keeps that youth, uh, you know, in a league that's trying to grow and, and get a lot of spectators in behind it. And this, this really does help. Instead, it's, it, it always felt like if somebody was going to get traded or let go, it had to be elsewhere. They got to go find another league. And it, and it just, I think it hurt the league. I think it hurts the league to not have, um, some of these rules set in place. Um, it will be interesting, though, as time does go on, Jordan, you're going to see the pockets start to get a little deeper and deeper. The league's going to allow for, you know, and we'll talk about that coming up with one of the big transfers that just happened. But um, some of these teams, Jordan, are going to have a lot of money to spend. And soon, I think soon, uh, this league is going to start loosening up those purse strings a little bit on these teams. And I do think you're going to see disparity in between teams that can spend more or can't spend more. I think it's just a, it's a matter of time. I think it's more inevitable. And I know people don't like some of that just because it, it's kept the league kind of balanced, but I just think 
what stops you know LAFC from going out and spending a ton on international transfer markets while trying to finagle and find out different ways to save money and then throw it elsewhere. So not much, right? right. I mean, they were able to get Gareth Bale not on yeah. a DP contract. He was supposed right. to become a DP after 18 months, but he retired. So that's where that worked out pretty well for them. It did. They yeah. got him an MLS Cup. They were able to do that. That's great. Yeah. But you know, right now you're still going to have DP roles, so you can't like transfer a DP from another team, but there's been a lot of cases where a DP wants to stay in the league and another team gets four DPs that need to ship one out and they have to ship them out somewhere else because they can't trade for appropriate amount of money and stuff. So this would help. And plus most people that follow soccer in this country now understand how the transfer market works, right? Documentaries like Sunderland, Wrexham, explain the transfer market to them. We don't have to make it trades like NFL, MLB, NBA. You know, it's essentially the same thing. You're trading cash, right? But it's just, you're not going to see a lot of like, and we still don't see that a lot, right? Where we don't see a lot of, I'm trading you this player for LeBron James. We don't get that here. We get, if anything, I'm trading you this player for GAM, which is essentially the same thing, but it's just made up. So we'll see. I hope that all comes to pass, and I hope it comes to pass soon. I think that could be a lot of fun uh, in this league and can kind of open up a whole new avenue. We could even have a self-imposed transfer date for intra-league transfers, which we can cover with great stuff. Apple could have a whole countdown where they're doing a studio show like, hey, today's the last day of intra-league transfers. We're going to be here until 6 p.m. when the deadline closes. Right now, all that stuff is hush-hush. Right. And hopefully the super draft and all that stuff gets put on this Apple stuff instead of MLS.com's YouTube account, you know? Okay. We got just a few. I know we're going along. We got just a few more things to talk about here. We got uh we got Mattis Klitsch from Leeds United. It's official. They unveiled him as a member of Wayne Rooney's DC United. So uh you know, he was a legend at Leeds and he's gone during a time where Leeds probably actually still needs him. <laughs> but uh, they're shipping him out and he's coming over to MLS and I'm excited for that. But I almost have a bad feeling it's a one year thing, uh, like a Christian Fuchs type of thing who joined the coaching staff, but still. Yeah, Premier League in 2020 finished with 24 goals and 21 assists on 100 or sorry. Um, got leads back to promotion in 2020 is what I meant to say. Um, he finishes with 24 goals, 21 assists, and 195 matches across all competitions with Leeds, uh, one of the most historic clubs. He's used to the pressure, Jordan. He knows how to win. And um, Jordan, I'm, I'm kind of weird. I got a weird feeling about United. Like I, I think DC United have put together a team that could compete for the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And I never thought I'd say that off of the, the wooden spoon that they earned. Uh, but man, I really do like their moves. And you and I talked about this and we'll get into it more, but I really do like their moves. Yeah. And, and you know what? They'll have a full season of Rooney. They kind of turned it around a little bit when he got there, like a new manager bump, but the, the quality exactly. just wasn't there. The yeah. quality just wasn't there, but now they're bringing in some big players to go along with taxi Fountas. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about DC. Not wooden spoon. Uh, that's where I'll go with them. I think I said yeah. that last week, but yeah, I, I think um, we both agree. I'm feeling there. it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. 
All right, we had a huge transfer announced today. Uh, John Duran from Chicago Fire, he came over from Columbia. He's an international forward. He's just turned 19 in December. He's had one season in MLS, and he had 27 appearances, 14 starts, scored eight goals and three assists. They bought him, Logan, from Colombian Club and in Vagado FC for $2.5 million. All right. And uh, they're selling him to Aston Villa for $22 million, $18 million up front plus $4 million in add-ons. After one year uh, with... I mean, decent stats, but you know, they just, I guess they just believe in this kid at Aston Villa and Chicago was able to say, Hey, only if you give us 22 mil. And they said, sure. This opens up a lot. They just sold Gagas Lanina for a lot of money. They just now sold Duran for that uh, 18 to 22 million. They got a lot of money now. Can Chicago actually turn this into something where they're not in the battle for the wooden spoon? Um, We'll see, but just uh, it sucks for them to lose a player who contributed for them last year in a season where not many did. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because I think, especially like Villa and them, will say, "Wow, that you know, twenty-two million on a nineteen-year-old, pretty nice, pretty good deal." I think the kid's got a lot of talent. Um, whereas, like in MLS, you just broke the whole scale; like you just completely destroyed it. The only uh, transfer that was more expensive after it's all added up ends up being Miguel Almiron, which was uh, to Newcastle. And Jordan, we see how that's going. Jordan, this comes on the heel of Facundo Torres. After a bumpy start, right? it is yeah. uh, it is going right. very well now. Right. Um, this coming on the heels of Facundo Torres being linked to Arsenal. Gaga joins Chelsea. Matt Turner is at Arsenal. Um, getting good quality minutes and, and absolutely being a stalwart when he comes in and plays in those FA Cup games. For Arsenal um, might get to play more often if people keep kicking Aaron Ramsdale. Um, but it, it just, it seems Jordan that this league, like this is, these are the kind of moves that while you might look at this and go, man, that's a massive move for Chicago. This is a massive move for the league because this Jordan is starting to turn into one of those instances, like players see this league now as the propeller to throw them into European clubs. And this is massive. Um, I, I think that this is a huge move. He's got great talent. Jordan, I, I figured he wouldn't last long. I knew he would make it through the summer transfer window. I figured teams would be after him. But, man, for Villa, the kudos to them, man. Just jumping on this deal, uh, I think an absolute steal. This kid's going to be a stud um, just watching him play last year at 19 years old. He just doesn't feel like a 19-year-old. So he's going to be launched into Premier League, uh, I'm assuming, uh, in a good spot with Villa. Um you know, Villa's constantly up and down and up and down trying to figure out if they're going to get relegated or not between seasons. So I think he gets a lot of playing time. Good good business move for Chicago, Jordan. Like you said, this is all about where they put those allocation of funds. They're usually not that great at that. And they've got a ton of it now because of Gaga and Duran now. Yeah, like you said, it, it's tied for second for most underneath beneath uh, Miguel Amarone, Alfonso Davies. Oh yeah, also twenty-two million. That's right, and we and that one's gone well, as well. So I mean, uh, look, <laughs> it it surpasses Pepe's, which was twenty million to Augsburg, which hasn't really worked out yet. Um, and Pitti Martinez for Augsburg. <laughs> Sorry, 
it hasn't worked out for Augsburg. It works out for everybody else that's getting peppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. he's he's doing a little better in uh, in the Eredivisie, but Premier League's after him, and so is a uh, Championship because Dallas gets money if they buy him. So that's which that's is crazy. wild, isn't that's it? That's crazy. Like when we're getting Pepe and Haji Wright getting uh, <laughs> um, uh, linked, yeah. Uh, Pulisic needs to get his butt to Newcastle, Man United, Brighton, or Leeds. Agreed. You know what? Hurt. <laughs> Almost uh, three of those teams are above Chelsea in the table, at least. <laughs> I was going to say, but Brighton looked like the Premier League title. Yeah, the, the issue with Pulisic is that he is out for a couple months, they said. I'm shocked. Not, not great. Not great. I think he'll leave in the summer, maybe, but... Uh... We'll see. We'll see who's in charge and who's doing what because Chelsea has been struggling mightily right now. But you'd mentioned Facundo Torres linked to Arsenal. Should we be worried about that? And uh, I mean, I, I understand that they have announced that. Yeah, that actually did happen because at first I thought maybe that was just agent talk or something yeah, because uh, he I mean, how many goals did he score last year? Not that many. Not more than Eric Ankara. Um, and in Really, like you said, uh, you texted me this. He was kind of coming into his own. I, I don't think he was above six or seven assists either. So I don't. Nine goals. Nine goals. Yeah. That's not enough for Arsenal to come calling. I'm sorry. Right. And That's I believe, me, correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't he be in the slot where Bakayo Saka is? Uh, yeah, they, they have him the as a winger. Side. Yeah, they play on the same wing, I believe. They're both left-footed. <laughs> like a, yeah, he's not displacing soccer. They're not an, yeah, they're not an inverted wing kind of team. Arsenal. Unless they would try to put him where Jesus was playing, but Enketia has been good for them. That's what I'm They're thinking. top of the league. I mean, Matt Turner might win a Premier League medal this year. Right. I, yeah, but I, but yes, I, I, yes, I think you should be worried in the fact that Facundo Torres is is, a, is going to be a good talent in this league, I think to jump this early at the opportunity to go to Europe. I just, I'm just afraid that he would just go sit. Honestly, like what does a premier league winning team want in Facundo Torres right now? Who's still kind of raw in in some of his, like, yes, he's got star potential. Do I think, yes, he ends up in premier league. Absolutely. But I think he is just so undeveloped right now. Um, And he's got time. So I don't know. I don't know what the rush is city. Orlando City has filled those three DP spots. And the way they filled them, Jordan, I, I think Orlando's throwing everything that they can. I mean, they go and sign a 22-year-old striker that's having a hell of a two years that he's had. Um, I forget the name, but it's it's just they've been unbelievable in their transfers. Uh, you would think they would try to run at this one time and then decide maybe, you know, if, if the summer comes around and they're not competitive, maybe then they look. But, yeah, I don't really like Link. I think it's got more to do with just the money spent and – Let's just throw some money and see what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah, they need a replacement for Jesus more than they need a winger, I think, in my opinion, Arsenal. So we'll see. Um, Anything that we missed? Any big transfers we missed? Lewis Morgan signed signed an extension, extension, which is huge for Red Bull. And Duncan is back. Uh, Kyle Duncan. Is it Kyle Duncan? I forget his first name. Um, For Red Bull off loan back from Belgium. Is it Kyle Duncan? I want to say it is Kyle, um, but I could be wrong. Um, You're right, Kyle Duncan. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Um, those are two massive uh, gets for the Red Bull. So, um, 
kudos to them. Uh, Jordan, I got one question for you, and this was posed to the Extra Time show guys, and you can kind of answer it quickly. Um, on a scale of one to ten, like how much would you be concerned for Nashville if they don't get like a star striker because their fans are like absolutely just in disarray because they just can't seem to get that star player because I feel like Jordan, they could be contenders in the East for the top spot if they would just go get a striker. How concerned I would be? Are we doing like a one to 10 scale? Yeah, one to 10. Like they're coming back to the East. Three. This is, okay. I'd be, it's a three because they're coming yeah. back to the East. <laughs> I just thought it was a great question because it was like one we talked about and I was like, you know what? Like I wanted to get your read on it because I just feel like Nashville is like one step away. They're one player away from being able to contend with somebody like Philly. They can still contend. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think if I'm them, I, I'm very pleased for going back to the East and I feel more confident. They hung in there in the West last year. Yeah. Then their first year, right? Uh, no, two years ago when they were in the East, they got pretty far in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that they'll be fine. Hani Mukhtar, while you don't want to rely on him consistently because it'll be like you want somebody to help score him goals, but it's also like he's put up two MVP caliber seasons yeah. in a row. So I think that's his level. I think I'd be worried if they ever ship him out, then you have to replace him and find a striker. So I, I don't know. I think I think they'll be serviceable. I think they'll be fine. Um, just get into the playoffs and anything can happen, especially if you have to play three first games. <laughs> you might catch somebody off guard, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, that about wraps us up here. Um We'll see how it we'll we'll see how it goes as we get closer and closer to the season. Hopefully, some of these kits start to drop. I want to know if I need to save birthday money for this union right. kit. Right. Orlando's looks great. I've seen what it probably is going to look like. Jordan, they're going back to like the three stripes on the. Um, yeah, that the other one was just for the twenty yeah. fifth anniversary. Like I love that. Like it's going back to the three stripes to. I'll send you the picture of the Orlando one, but it's I saw it. Footy headlines. I went there, yeah. And it's got the cool little like I actually really like the purple, so I might actually get it. I think I like it better than the last ones. I'm excited for Union just because I've heard the things you've heard. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be I think I'm gonna be disappointed. I think I'm gonna be disappointed. Yeah, I don't think I'm buying it. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but if they did an actual hint, some people thought they were doing a hint with this like water balloon thing. If it looks anything like tie-dye or water balloon splashes, it's not going to be my flavor at all. (laughs) So we'll see how it turns out, I guess. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. But uh, I might be able to save 100 bucks. I guess. That's one plus side. But I want to get the home kit. I do do know I want to get the home kit. It's it's come a long way for me. I didn't really care for it that much, but now I do. So um, I am looking into maybe getting that. Uh, if you want to reach out to us or follow us on any of our platforms at Stateside Show on all of our platforms, like I said, next Wednesday, the 25th, will be our first episode recap of Ted Lasso, season one, episode one. We'll break it down. We already recorded it, Logan and I, and uh, it's about an hour <laughs> talking about 30 minute show. So keep an eye out for that. 
and uh, we will catch you all next week and cover whatever news breaks tomorrow because it's Tuesday tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.